the kids to children's ministry? We don't have too many today. If you're 11 and younger, go in back for the kids' service. Israel looked at me like, I don't want to go. No, you have to go. <laughs> They're so precious, aren't they? Praise Jesus. Glory to God in heaven. The Lord would say to us this morning, as you see little children laughing and playing, as you see little children laughing and playing, as an adult, you wish you had that, says the Lord. I tell you this day, you can have that kind of joy, and without the worry and the fretting that those children have, as they enjoy life with laughter and joy. Enjoy it, says the Lord your God. Taste and see that I am good says the Lord your God. Amen. Amen. We see little children, they're laughing and playing, and they have no worries or cares. Amen. And that's the way the Lord wants us to be in our life. Worried? Are you worried this morning? What are you worried about this morning? If we have worry and fear in our life, what does that mean? It brings torment. Fear and worry bring torment. And the opposite of that a life in the spirit, when we live in the spirit, when we abide in the vine and seek the Lord first in his righteousness, his kingdom, weekly, monthly, or yearly, no, daily. We seek God and we put him first in the morning and we put, commit each day to the Lord, worry goes out the door. It goes out through the house. It leaves you. You don't live with it. You don't abide in it. It's not here. It's not festering up here. You start your day. You commit your day to the Lord. You commit the plans of each day under the Lord, and you have less and less worry, fretting, and fear. And what increases? Faith, hope rises up within you. Amen. It doesn't matter what season in life you're at. Listen to me. It doesn't matter the season in your life right now, where you're at in your life. We're all different seasons in our life, different uh, levels in our life, different aspects going on, different circumstances in our lives, each one of us. It does not matter at that. He does, God's not looking at the age. He's not looking at that. He's looking at today, this day, this time frame in your life. Are you trusting me? Are you worried? Are you full of fear? Or are you trusting me and putting your faith and hope in me daily for the little worries and fears and and distresses that come in our lives. Amen? We are believers and we're born again. We are not to live as the world lives. The world that we live in today is full of fear, full of worry, full of distresses, full of troubles. It's consuming them. As believers, it should not in our lives. Will there be moments and times that are? Yes, because we're still on the earth and we fight an adversary that comes to steal, kill, and destroy us and he loves it when a believer lives in fear and worry and doubting and unbelief. And how does he do it? He gets us away from this. We, what we do as believers too often is we worry and fret and are full of distresses and troubles because the word of God goes over here and we go over here. Sometimes literally the Bible stays in one place in your home and never gets opened. And sometimes the word stays there and collects dust. And sometimes the word of God is that way because you're not speaking it forth like you used to. Because you're not in it. You're not meditating on it. You're not thinking about the word. You're thinking more of your troubles and your distresses and what's going on. You're worried more about what's the, these appointments coming up next week. And you start fretting and worrying about how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? How am I going to meet that need? You know, distress, trust me, I'm looking in the mirror right now. We have to learn not to do that. We have to say, God, I just give it to you. God is a God of order. He wants you to keep your appointments in your, in, in your life in order. He doesn't want your house a mess. He doesn't want your spirit a mess. He doesn't want the inside of your, your soul a mess. He doesn't want you to be irresponsible and full of uh, chaos. He wants order but he realizes when you get order in your life physically, in your home, 
in your mind, in your spirit, it all lines up and what happens is peace and joy and gladness come in our lives. We don't have so much fretting and worrying and distress. When your life becomes chaos, you need to take, sit still and be still and say, you know what, I got to take some time to myself. I got to seek the Lord and get this thing straightened out. Can I hear an amen? amen. Now it takes time to do that because we live in a fast-paced world where everything is go, 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 out the door you go. And that is not the way for the believer, especially even more in these last days that we're living in. we got to say priority, 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 and I've got to say, take some time to myself, not in a selfish way, but in a spiritual way, and say, you know what, i got to take some examination here and time away. Husbands, let your wives go. Wives, let your husbands spend some time with God. Vice versa. If you're single, tell your children, tell your grandchildren, tell your babysitter, whatever you got to do. I don't care. You just say, you know what, today is a day I got to take a few hours and I got to get some things straightened in and I got to sit before the Lord and spend some time with God. Get in your car and go sit at a park. Go into a room in your home and shut the door. Turn the TV off. Shut the phone off. Don't take the phone with you. Do what you got to do. I'm telling you, folks, listen to me this morning. Take the time that you need to do in your life this week. Don't put it off. If you can do it today, the better, because we're not guaranteed a tomorrow. If, but I'm just saying, generally speaking, this week, do not put off what I'm, what I'm saying today. Take some time this week and get your things in order. Get some the things that are, are chaotic and, and be, you're being irresponsible in some ways. Get that responsibility back and lined up. Can I hear an amen on that? And I'm saying that because I love you and I care about you and I want your life more where you're not fretting and worrying and distressed and, and constantly. Uh, and, and what does that lead to physically? What does it lead to physically? The, it, Ask Dr. Eric Peniman. He'll tell you this. A person that constantly worries and frets, is it going to affect them physically? It will. It'll affect your mind. It'll affect your joints. It'll affect your central nervous system. It'll affect your gut. It'll affect all of that because you're constantly worrying. What leads to ulcers? Worrying. That's not God's will for you and I. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they'll do that, too. <laughs> I don't know about Diana's tacos. She makes pretty good tacos. You go to Taco Bell, you're going to have some stomach problems. <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, what are you worried about? And now look at him and say, let it go. Let it go. Let's go right to the scripture here. How many believe that the answers for your life and my life are in a pastor? No. Your, your answers, your guidance, and your answers for life is found in the book, the Word of God. Without the Word of God, you and I have a messed up life. We don't have no direction and no guidance. The direction and guidance we get is through the Holy Spirit who wrote the book, who wrote the Word of God. Every word in there is pure and truth and it's powerful, and you stay in and near and close to the Word of God, and you have less chaos in your life, less worry, less stress, and you have more peace, joy, gladness, faith, as you stay in God's Word. Therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown. Boy, is that encouraging or what? We should be saying that to each other. You're, you're loved, you're a beloved, you're a brethren, you're a sister in the Lord. Longed for my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore Eudia and I implore Sint, whatever that name is, to be of the same mind in the Lord. What is the mind that we should be in? The mind of the Lord. Did the Lord Jesus Christ live his life full of worry and fretting? Did Jesus worry? Did he fret? He didn't. He lived his whole life in faith. He trusted the Father that he was on earth for a very short time and he was here to do what? The will of God. And God's will is that we do not live any other way than in faith and trust in the Lord. The Bible says, and you've heard it in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. The reason we lean to our own understanding is this. We set this over here 
and we start leaning on our own understanding, we start going for ungodly advice, we start getting ungodly counsel, we start listening to more of what's on, on Facebook and Messenger and YouTube and Snapchat and whatever else, and we pull away from this, and what happens is you start leaning onto your own understanding and other people's ideas and opinions, which are not lined up with God's word. And what happens is we don't put our trust in the Lord. When you don't trust in the Lord, who are you trusting in? Yourself. Amen. We trust in God. Amen. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Paul was urging them, how many of you think that we need companions in our life? If you're single, that doesn't mean not your husband or wife. That's okay. But we need a friend that you can go to at times, a godly friend that can encourage you and build you up and edify you and strengthen you as a believer. Iron sharpens iron. Can I hear an amen? amen. You, you hang around are those that are not godly and they're corrupt in their thinking or worldly in their thinking. You, they're going to pull you the wrong way quicker than you'll pull them. Okay, you want to have a companion, somebody that you can go to, you trust, and you can say, look, I'm struggling with this. And we should encourage one another, get your eyes off the troubles, get your eyes off your problems, and get your eyes on the Lord in Jesus' name. I'm praying for you that the will of God be done in your life, and the will of God is that we focus not on things below, but on things above. Amen. Our mind is set on those things. Help these women who labored with me in the gospel. This is Paul writing. Let me, I, I don't, I wasn't planning on saying this, but I believe it's very important. Because we live in a day and age where everybody has their own idea and their own opinion. And basically, our own idea and opinion usually doesn't mean a whole lot. It doesn't. There's many that believe that a woman shouldn't do anything but sit there in the chair at church and not raise her hand and not say anything. It would be wrong for Becky to come up and testify she's a woman. It would be wrong for Pastor Judy to come up here and teach. How many have been blessed by Pastor Judy over the years? Amen. How many are thankful that she was called of God and preached the gospel? How many are thankful that there's other women ministries in, around the world that have touched your life and ministered to you? That's a lie from the pit of hell that a woman is not to talk and teach and preach and minister to others. Paul, he was thankful to God for the women that helped him in his ministry. And there was more than one that was there. And he said that they labored with me. Now, if they're laboring, does that mean they're sitting there and doing nothing but submitting? No, they were involved. They were involved through prayer probably encouraging him, doing things behind the scenes of the ministry to help Paul to bring success to the gospel and bring the gospel. Amen? Hallelujah, Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says this, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I feel it's more important that our prayers and supplications start out first thing in the morning. You give your request to God. And when the closer you get to the Lord, your requests become less and less and less and less about self and more and more and more about character. Lord, I just pray that today you'd humble me, Lord God, and keep me humble. I just want to fear you and honor you and love you. God, I pray that not my will be done today, that your will be done. Lord, I don't want to do my own thing and go my own way today. Lord, I commit my work day unto you. I commit this day into your hands. Keep me from the evil one and help me to go in the right path today, God. I don't want to live in darkness and sin and go the own way, the ways of my flesh and the pride of life and the pride of life and the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, but help me, God, to walk in the Spirit and be led by your Spirit today. You commit that to the Lord every day. How many believe you'll be different? You will. Now, can, can the person next to you do that for you? No, you have to decide today, today. And I know many of you have, I see it, I see growth in many of you. I see that the Lord is working on the inside of you. I'm just going to give a quick testimony. I was at Diana's, uh, we had a baby shower for Jonathan last night. 
And I took Sammy home. And how many realized it was cold and wet? It was an outside party. Oh. Yeah, it was outside. So, you know, Sammy usually has it at 80 degrees at the house. He was very cold last night. So I took him home, and then Connie, Matt, and Jeff's mom, Connie, was there. And she was in the garage, so I went and got her, and she goes, Pastor Matt, can you take me home? And I said, yeah. And I got some time with their mom to talk to Connie, and she opened up to me. And one thing that impressed me about Connie last night in that short little car ride was how much she loves Jeff and Matthew, their, her sons. And she spoke so highly of her boys. And she said, Pastor Matt, I couldn't ask for two more boys that are so supportive of me, and they are so kind, and they do anything for me. They love me to death. And she goes, I so respect my two sons so much and the way, the type of people they are. That impressed me, that a mother would say that of her two sons. And what really touched my heart was when, Pastor Matt, do you remember the time when I kept coming to you and saying that Jeff doesn't want anything to do with church? Jeff, wave your hand, buddy. I'm putting you on the spot. She, she kept saying, my son Jeff, pray for him, Pastor Matt. He doesn't want anything to do with church. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't, not, not that the people in the church are hypocritical. He said this, Mom, I don't want to be hypocritical and go to church when I really don't want to be there. So that might be, by me being there, not wanting to, I'm being hypocritical because I'm going to please people, not please God. Where have you been lately, Jeff? You've been in church for several months, involved in ministry. He even comes on Wednesday nights. Amen. God touched his life and touched him. He can touch yours and mine as well. Amen. And it also spoke to me that the power of a praying parent makes an effect in the realm of the spirit. Don't give up on your children and grandchildren. No matter how difficult it may seem and how far away if they seem to be from God's will and being a true Christian and living the way you expect them to live or wish they would live, don't give up on that. There's power in prayer and diligence with it. God rewards the diligence. Your mom was rewarded for praying for you. She kept praying for you, Jeff. Amen? You guys have a good mom. She loves the Lord. She has a tender heart. Praise Jesus. Go to the next slide. We're going to go to the next scripture. I want Psalm 46, 1 through 4. God is our refuge and strength. Is the government your protection? Is it your refuge? Is your trust in the federal government? Your trust is in the Lord. You trust the Lord. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. How many of you believe that you have troubles in this life? You have troubles? How many have troubles today? Just raise your hand if you have troubles going on in your circumstances, in your life. Amen. God likes it when we're honest and truthful. You can't hide anything from the Lord. If you got troubles, it's called welcome to planet Earth. Amen. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Fear brings torment. Worry and fretting brings torment. We will not fear even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea. How many believe that the weather forecast is not normal? It's not. You're going to see more things happening in, on the earth, on the earth where we live, things going on that are just not normal. Don't be fearful of it. It's called end times. It's called the earth is going to pass away and we're going to have a new heaven and a new earth. Things have to take place. It's called God's will being done. When God speaks something, do you believe it'll happen? When he says it's going to come to pass, will it come to pass? Yes, it will, because he's God, and he keeps his word. He cannot lie. The earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. How many want to be a servant of the Most High God? Amen. How many of you want to be in a place where fear, worry, fretting, distresses, all your troubles just constantly are behind you and you just, you're, you've become a believer where it just kind of goes right off of you. It, it gets off of you and you're not bringing strife in your life. There's not strife in your home as much because you're not in fear. You're not worried. You're not troubled. You've given it to the Lord and the peace of God is on you and people will begin to say to you and look at you and say, 
you're a servant of the Most High God. And I promise you this, even demons will say that, that that person is a servant of the Most High God because they carry authority with them. They live in faith. They're not, we can't get to them because they commit their day to the Lord and the Lord is with that believer daily. And they shrug off the lies. They shrug off the deception. They shrug off the deceit. They shrug off all the troubles and cares of this life. And they go on and say, Lord, I trust you. I put my faith in you. I put my hope in you. I give you my cares today. I give you my burden. My burden, Lord, uh, that's heavy on me. I give it to you today. It's on you, Lord. Amen. Amen, amen. The Lord is good and he is faithful and true. God is our refuge. Not man, but God is our refuge. Amen. amen. And we serve a God who's still on the throne. Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father. Amen. Psalm 9, 9 through 10 says this, They that know thy name shall put their trust in thee. How many know the name of the Lord? The name of God. You call on the name of the Lord. Amen. You call on his name and he answers you and hears you. When you cry out to the Lord, he hears you. He hears the cry of your voice. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest here. I, I just want to, I just want, I'm going to put somebody on the spot and it, it just, I'm not trying to embarrass you or make you frustrated, but how many of you ha have had a time within the last, let's say, month where you had a place in your life where you said, you know what, I can't bear this burden no more. This trouble and distress is overwhelming. I've got to do something about it. How many have been in that spot? where it just seems overwhelming to you, whether it's appointments, whether it's your health, and, and you know, this or that, and it's just, you get to a place in your life where you know what, I can't bear this burden no more. And how many of you got to that place where you knew enough of the truth where you said, you know what, my answer, my hope is not in man, it's not in anybody else but the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and you start crying out to the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's the kind of life you and I are supposed to live even more so in these last days. On a daily basis, we give our burden, our cares to the Lord, our troubles to the Lord, our worries to Him. And you can't carry them. Because if you carry them in, all on you and on your shoulders, what's going to happen? You're going to be in strife. You're going to be in frustration. You're going to be in discouragement. And it's going to lead to anger. And it's going to lead to frustration in your spirit. And you're not going to be in the Word. You're going to be too frustrated and full of anger all the time. Can I hear an Amen. We want to trust in the Lord. They that know thy name put their trust in thee. Say, Jesus of Nazareth is my Savior. Amen. Psalm 91, 15 says this, The Lord will answer us. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I will because he is, he says, because I am the great I am. He is with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. When you call on the Lord, he hears from heaven. Amen. He... And in Isaiah, it says this, the work of righteousness will be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. How many would like some quietness in your spirit, in your life? Amen. You think the world has that? Just go to Walmart on a Saturday. No, seriously, there's nothing but, there's no quietness and peace there. Everybody's pushing each other and trying to get, and everybody's there to get, get, get. Do we live in a get, get, get world? It's about me. Move out of the way. I, how dare you cut in front of me? You know, what kind of peace and quietness and, and joy is that? You and I should walk in Walmart praying in tongues as we leave our car walking to the door. Lord, I thank you, Father, for provision. I thank you, Lord God, that I can go here and, and get some things and, and protect me, Lord, and I pray that if there's anybody I can minister to or witness to, thank you, Father. I just thank you for your provision. Then you get back in your car, you put your bags in the car, whether it's at Schnucks or Walmart or Target, and what you do is you say, thank you, Father, for your provision. Without you, I wouldn't have anything in that back seat. Amen. The little things. And you thank him and you walk uprightly before the Lord that way. He, in all things you give thanks to the Lord. Through prayer and supplication. Amen. And then when you're moved by the Spirit and you see somebody and you're moved to compassion, what do you do? You say, well, they'll get prayer when they go to church. <laughs> no, you go to them by, when you're led by the Spirit and you pray for them in public. Amen. Amen. Not for attention, not for recognition, but for the glory of God. Because you look at it as if it was you needing that prayer. If it was you 
in that dark, desperate time, would you want another believer to come to you and pray? I would. We need one another more than ever. We need each other more than ever. And I brought up this man's name before recently. I'm, I know not everybody's heard of him, but, but a, a teacher and a, and a man of God, Watchman Nee, Watchman Nee, he, he wrote this in one of his books. He said that all Christians need to realize that they need another believer at times to encourage and strengthen them. He said the greatest ministry he believes on the earth is a believer that encourages other believers. It's not the man that's up preaching, preaching the word, has a pulpit ministry. That is not the greatest. The greatest ministry is when another believer, out of unselfishness, encourages another believer for that moment. When He said so many times, he said there was a long period of time in his life when he struggled with depression and struggled with, uh, with low self-esteem even and struggled with burdens and cares. And he said what ministered to him more was one woman a woman of God, and every time he would go to her house, she would encourage him to in the Lord. And he said that he would lift, leave there with his burdens lifted. He would leave there because she'd pray for him and encourage him with her words. How many believe encouragement is important? Amen. Amen. It's a great ministry to be involved in. And for each believer to do regularly, we should encourage one another as we see the day approaching, and encourage somebody that's down and struggling and hurting, somebody that you know is burdened. Get your eyes off yourself and off your own troubles and problems and realize that somebody else has the same thing going on as you, if not greater. Amen? The Lord will answer us. He will. He will do a work of righteousness and that peace will come. How many have heard this song? And I'm just going to read it. I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to read it. And this is an old song, but listen to the words of this. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth living just because he lives. How many want to live a peaceful and quiet life? Because he lives... Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And what did we sing earlier? Where's the song list here? It was one of the songs in there, and it says, I won't worry about tomorrow. I'm trusting in what you say. Today is a day. Today is a day. You don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's not here yet. You trust in the Lord for today. Saturday's already gone. You can't worry about that. That's foolish. Today is the day you trust the Lord and you commit your day to Him. Pastor Matt wants you to know this. I want this for your life, where you commit your day to the Lord consistently, faithfully. Give your first fruits of your morning to the Lord and He will bless your day with peace and joy and quietness. Does that mean no troubles? No. You're in this world, you're in this life, you're going to have troubles. Does that mean no tribulation? No, of course you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trials. You're going to have difficulties. Just like the word came forth just now. There will be difficulties in this life. But know that I am with you, that you can trust me. And commit your way to me and I'll go before you. I'll make a way where there seems to be no way for you. Amen. Isn't the Lord faithful? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Tanya, is there, I, I don't want to put you on the spot. Is there any way we could do that song to end this? Can you put that up, Cecil? And I want you guys, as we sing this song, give your cares, give your troubles, your distresses to the Lord this morning. Give you all of that to Him. He doesn't want you worried. There's nothing to worry about when God is still on the throne. Can I hear an amen? Amen. 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 And He has His hand on each one of you. This very moment, this very day, God Almighty has his hand on each one of you and your children and grandchildren. He has his hand on your home. Amen. He loves you and cares for you. Let's sing this song together. And just give yourself to the Lord, holy.
much more and knowing that all you have in store for me is good it's good today is the day you have made i will rejoice and be glad in it today is the day you have made i will rejoice and be Jesus, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you already heard our prayers this morning and during the week for the service. I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is going to open hearts, each one of our hearts, be opened to the truth of your word. And may we have ears to hear today, God, what your Spirit is saying, not what a man says, but what the Spirit of God is saying through the word of God. And I ask you, God, to fill my mouth with your words. And your oracles come out of my mouth this morning in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Title that I have today is, Why is the Holy Spirit here? How, we just... Oh, children. Thank you, Tom. Children, you got to go. I wish they'd stay in here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bless them, Lord. Bless those children today and their ministry today. Amen. Glory to Jesus. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is upon you and in you, says the Lord your God. Trust the anointing on your life. You're his child. The anointing of the Spirit of God is in you to break bondages and yokes off of your life by the power of that anointing that resides on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Why is the Holy Spirit here? We know that we just celebrated Easter and the resurrection and the cross and everything that takes place during Easter. And we know that Jesus said, he said, I'm going to ascend to my Father, and when I ascend, 
You don't have to be distressed. You don't have to worry. I'm sending the comforter to comfort you. And he's going to come and he's going to live on the inside of you. Amen? How many believe in Pentecost? How many believe that the power of the Holy Spirit fell on the church? Amen. Hallelujah. Not long after Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit came, just like the promise said, that he would come as soon as Jesus was ascended. Amen. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit wasn't in them. He was upon them. Now we have the privilege and the blessing from God that the Holy Spirit now lives inside of who? Every person? Every believer. Everyone that confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart the Lord Jesus Christ and that God the Father raised Him from the dead. If you're a believer today, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God Himself, lives and abides inside of us. He lives in us now and helping us, encouraging us, comforting us, guiding us. Amen. Let's go right to the first scripture here. I want us to look at Proverbs 1.23. Look what this says. It says, turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Let's stop right there with that first, first verse there in 23. Look what it says here. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. Notice it says pour out, not sprinkle. He's pouring out. God is generous. God is very, he does above and beyond. He does overflow. He's a God of abundance, more than enough, exceedingly and abundantly, it says in Ephesians. When we ask him to do something, he does it overflow. Why? Because that's his heart. That's the way God is. And he says that he will pour out his spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. What words? This word. The word of God. He'll make his eternal words known to you. What? When he pours out his spirit on you. Because he's the spirit of truth. And the word of God is nothing but truth. From beginning to end. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces deep within us because it's truth. Amen? Listen to what this says. I want, I want to share something with you here. It talks about what that word poor means. That word in the Hebrew, what it means. That it, when he pours, he does excess. It means naba. It means to gush forth. That word naba in Hebrew. But it means to gush forth and to pour out abundantly. It's a gushing forth. Like, uh, I remember years ago when I was working through a temporary service, I worked for this company over in Pecatonica called uh, Olson Well and Pump, and we drilled wells. Cecil, you ever drilled wells, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, and when you drill a well, you have these huge, mungus tubes that are made out of metal that go into the ground, and this machine drills deep down until when? Until it sounds pretty good, looks pretty deep, you drill until what? You get water. You're drilling to get water so that house or that property can have water. And they drill the well and then the water gushes up. As soon as they, it's there, the water just kind of gushes up. That's like the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. When God pours out His Holy Spirit, it's that gushing forth. It's not a little sprinkle coming up. It's a gushing forth. It's a pouring out on you and I, the Holy Spirit of God. Why? Because we need it. Hallelujah. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Not half, not three quarters, but filled with the Holy Spirit. How many want to be known as a believer that is full of the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Filled with the Spirit of God. Full of His power. Full of His love. Full of His mercy and His grace. Full of the Holy Spirit and His attributes and all of His character on the inside of you. People will recognize that. And that Holy Spirit being so filled on the inside of us, it will gush out of us with grace and love and discernment and understanding and listen and wisdom. The book of Proverbs is full of wisdom. Proverbs 133, but whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. We need to know that the filling of the Holy Spirit is going to bring you in your life and my life Wisdom, discernment, understanding, guidance. That's why he wants to fill us so that we don't live foolishly and go our own way. Amen? 
We need that wisdom. We need that discernment. We need that guidance in our life. And it comes by the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth. Say that with me. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. In this generation, in the way that Christianity is nowadays, we need an outflow of truth in the church. Truth. Not apostasy, not hypocrisy, not false doctrines, not doctrines of demons, like Paul said in the last days will come. We need truth, and truth does not come from a man. It comes from the Holy Ghost. It comes from the Word of God, period. It comes from heaven, not from a man's schooling. It comes from him spending time in this Word and on his knees before the Lord. It comes from people that are full of the Holy Ghost, not full of themselves. Amen. Amen. We got enough preachers, teachers, evangelists, pastors full of themselves. We need men and women that are full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Somebody sent this to me a few days ago. It was a little clip. I don't go on Facebook maybe once a year. I just, I'm not a Facebook guy, but it was a little clip. You know, you hear these little sayings on Facebook. Amen. And it said this. It said, these days we need more pastors. That's what it said. We need more pastors who are anointed and full of the Holy Ghost more than pastors that are full of Bible degrees all the schooling that they get. We need pastors that are anointed and full of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Because the church is struggling in America. I just read a book by A.W. Tozer, and it was written years ago. And he had a chapter in there of how far away the church was from truth. And now that was probably back in the 60s. Can you imagine what it looks like now in 2019 if he was to rewrite that chapter? And he said how far the church has gotten because the world has crept into the church. So we have so many pseudo-Christians which they, they want to live part in the world and part in this Christianity. And A.W. Tozer even wrote this back then. Listen, this is what he said. He said the majority of our churches in America are full of these Christians that live righteously on Sundays, but the rest of the week they do whatever they want. How much more is it that way now? We need truth in our lives. Amen. And just like the, the word came forth, humble yourself. Humble yourself, Pastor Man. Humble yourself, you individually. Humble yourself. Clothe yourself with humility and say, Lord, you know what? I need to take heed lest I fall. We get this mentality where we're doing this. Shame on you. Shame on you. you. You should stop doing this. Don't do this. And the words come out of your mouth as you're always look, nitpicking on everybody else except looking at yourself. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who lives on you on the inside of you as a believer the whole time is saying, look, examine yourself. The Holy Spirit has been showing many of you recently of areas of your life where he's saying, you need truth in this area. You've gotten off. Don't look at me like you don't get that way. We all do. Because we live in such a wicked generation. We don't even realize how far we can get sometimes from truth as believers because of the way the world is and the way this country has gotten. That we need to get back and stay in the light and stay in truth because it's too easy to get off even a little bit on doctrine, on belief. And you start believing things that are doctrines of demons and apostasies and you got to stay in that it's a very narrow path living a Christian life and very few live that anymore I'm sorry we all struggle with areas of our life but we need a wake-up call today and I'm going to be quite frank and quite bold and quite honest with you and brother Cecil there's a reason why I didn't get PowerPoint to you till today I honestly you guys I said, Lord, I don't have a message, and I am not going to stand up there Sunday because it's my turn to preach. And I'm not going to do it just because I, I, it's my turn and I have to have a message ready. No, I, I refuse to go up there Sunday unless it's from you, God. And I, I, I prayed, I sought the Lord. I didn't get anything till 5 o'clock this morning. I was seeking the Lord, and then, bang, it hit. And the Lord just said, it's the Holy Spirit. And then he began to show me things in the Word. That you and I need truth and light in our life today. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. amen. Aren't you glad that, you, you know, 
We need pastors and preachers and teachers that don't just get up to flatter. I'm not here to flatter you. I'm here because I fear the Lord. I'm not here because it's my turn to preach. I'm here because I believe I have a word for me first, then for you. I'm going to say that again. I have a word here first for myself, and then it's for you. You don't get a sermon and a message for the congregation unless that man that's preaching and teaching that word has been changed by it first. Amen. Amen. You don't do that. Otherwise, it's arrogance and haughtiness and vanity. It's trying to be something you're not, and I refuse to be that way. I will make my words known to you. This is what the Holy Spirit is here for. Number one, it is to teach us God's word. Holy Spirit, number two, is trying to instruct us. I said the word trying because that's what I wrote. The Holy Spirit is trying on the inside of each one of us to instruct us and to guide us and look and, and to counsel you and I on circumstances, situations you're facing in life. He's trying on the inside of each one of us to counsel, instruct, and the Holy Spirit at times, not always, but at times is on the inside of us, even right now, rebuking us, saying, no, don't go that way. No, stop your tracks. No, turn from that. No, repent, humble yourself. Now, I rebuke you. In the, he does it in a spirit of love because he cares that you and I stay on the right track and the right path, which is always a good path. Amen. It's not an easy path, but it's the best path, and it's a good path for you and I to take. And that's why you and I need each other. You and I need each other to pray one for another. Don't judge and criticize each other. Pray for one another. Encourage each other. Edify each other. Pray for them in your prayer time, that they don't fall, that they don't stumble. Amen? In other words, Jesus said this, to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he said to them, well, what are you doing? You're trying to take a log or a speck out of someone else's eye when you got a log in your own eye. In other words, when he knelt down and wrote in the sand, Jesus, and we got the woman caught in what? She was caught in adultery, living in sin. Jesus, Jesus as righteous and holy as he is, he could have said, shame on you. Amen. That's wrong. And go back to the Old Testament, what would happen? Death. Stoned to death because you're living in sin. But he didn't. He got down because it's a new age. It's a new time. It's the age of grace and mercy because of that right there. Amen. Because of what Jesus has done and became for you and I, he bore it all and became sin for you and me and put all the wrath of God on him, now it's a new time. And Jesus wrote in that saying, nobody, nobody knows what he wrote. We probably will one day, but I firmly believe nobody knows except those that were there that day. It's not written, and it was not written for a reason. And he wrote in the sand twice. And then he said, he who is without sin, he who is without sin, go ahead and cast the stones at her. Go ahead. If there was even one there that was sinless, that stone would have been flying right at her face. But what happened with those men that were around there? Conviction, Conviction of who they really are. And they knew it because they were standing in the presence of deity, of a man that is completely holy and righteous, and that is Jesus Christ. When you stand around him, whether it was on earth in those days or in the future, you and I will not have any darkness in us. We won't be allowed to. And they dropped their stones and walked away. And Jesus, did he walk away? He, what did he do? He looked at that precious lady that was in adultery. Precious lady, because God created her. And he said, go and sin no more. Don't continue in it. I love you. That's what he was saying to her. Can you imagine the feeling on when the words came out of his mouth? She probably thought for sure he was going to condemn her. And it was the opposite. He said, just go and sin no more. I love you. I bet you she was overwhelmed. Can you imagine that? how that moment changed her life? Hallelujah. That's the way you and I should be towards our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? 
Now, does that mean that we condone sin or put up with sin? No, we deal with it, but we deal with it with what? Humility. Realizing you could fall just as easy, amen? And you do it with brokenness, and you do it with love and compassion and gentleness, amen? The Holy Spirit is here to teach us God's word. The Holy Spirit is trying to instruct us and counsel us and at times rebuke us. Number three, the Holy Spirit will try to warn us. He's here inside of us, living inside of us to warn us of troubles that are ahead and to warn us that we should fear the Lord. He, the Holy Spirit's there to bring you warnings and troubles in your spirit. How many have ever felt that in your life? How many have had a warning on the inside? How many of you here, listen to me, we all have done what I'm about to say. How many of you have sensed the warning of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and you avoided it, you ignored it, you put it off, you didn't think it was too serious, and then a tragic thing might have happened or something might have, you, you went down a path you shouldn't have went. And you're looking back on it, you're kicking yourself. You're kicking yourself, you're beating yourself up now because you didn't listen to the warning that the Holy Spirit was telling you. Why? Because of love. It's all motivated in love. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth, but that truth is motivated out of love for you and me to keep us on the right path because God loves us too much to let us go away and to, to get in the paths and darkness we shouldn't be in. He loves us, but we have a will and we need a strong will to say, no, I'm going to follow the Lord. Amen. Whoever listens to me will dwell safely. How many find it easy to listen to the Lord? How many have heard his audible voice this week? Audible. You don't hear his audible voice. How do you listen to him so that you can dwell safely and listen to his guidance, his instruction, his counsel, his wisdom, his warnings? How do you listen to him? You listen to him by the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you, speaking to your spirit. Hallelujah. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, it says. The spirit of the man, and he will shine his light on the inside of you, and the Holy Spirit will prompt you, instruct you, warn you. He'll lead you, he'll guide you, but you got to listen, not with these ears, but with this spirit man on the inside of you. You listen, and you won't be able to listen if we don't do what? If you and I, and I'm talking to myself here, because you know, if you know me well enough, I'm a, I'm a workaholic, and I like to work. I like to stay busy, but you know what? That gets Pastor Matt in trouble. It gets me in trouble at times, because I like to go, 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 do, do, do. And what does the Lord say? Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The word says, wait patiently for me. The Lord says, be still and know that I am God. See, we get caught up in the ways of this world and the ways that our society is, everything is fast-paced, quick, 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 gimme, 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 I gotta have it now, 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 that we don't realize in the church, we get caught up that way with our relationship with the Lord. Gimme, 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 Lord, I don't have time to pray, but I need this prayer answered real quick. I need, you, I need to hear from you, God, but I'm not willing to wait for you. I want to hear from the Lord. I want the word of God to penetrate my life and penetrate my circumstances. I want my prayers answered and the cry of my heart to be heard, but I'm not willing to wait on the Lord and be still. Amen? How many struggle with that as well at times? You wait on the Lord and he will renew your strength. He loves you, but you got to wait on him. you got to be still. you got to take time. And I'm, I'm preaching to myself here today. Can I hear an amen? amen. We need that. To, we need that. Sometimes we need the little instructions and rebukes from the Holy Spirit, but to, uh, motivated out of love. If you know that his motivation is always love for you, you'll want to do what's right. You'll want to obey the Lord because he laid down his life and gave his life for you. And God loved you and I so much that, yeah, he sent Jesus, which is everything for you and I, for salvation and eternal life and our sins being forgiven, our bodies being healed of sicknesses and diseases. But God loves us so much, incredibly amount. He said, I'm not even done with that. He said, now I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, which is really me, because all three are God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. I love you so much that I'm not just going to give you my Son. Now he's going to come with me and sit at my right hand. Now I'm sending my Spirit to live and dwell on the inside of every believer so that you'll never be left alone. You'll never be like an orphan. You will always have my comfort, my encouragement, my love, my guidance, my wisdom, my instruction, my counsel. 
every single moment of every day. That's how much God loves you and I. Amen. He is intimately involved with us, and he proved it when he sent the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. Let's go to the next scripture here. Look at your neighbor real quick and say, is it hot in here or is it just Pastor Matt? Is it warm? Ah, I'm glad I didn't wear my long sleeve shirt. Now, this is the words of Jesus. How many feel that when Jesus speaks, you better listen? Yeah. He's the Son of God. He's the great I Am. He's the only Savior, the only Messiah for mankind, period. This is the man that's speaking. He's the one that every time he said something, it came to pass. Everything that was prophesied about him is coming to pass or has come to pass. And this is the man right here, Jesus, the Son of Man and the Son of God. This is the one that is still coming soon for you and I. And he said this. He said this over 2,000 years ago, and it's still relevant today. And he said, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. How many of you don't think you need a helper in life? He's not talking about a spouse here, a husband or a wife or a close friend. He's talking about the Holy Ghost. That he may abide with you how long? Forever. You and I are going to have the Holy Spirit of God inside of us, living in us all eternity. Forever means forever. When he says forever, it means forever. Amen. One billion years from now, you and I will still have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Why can the world not receive this Spirit? Because you've got to receive the Son to get the Spirit. The Bible says, he who believes that Jesus Christ died and rose again on the third day will be saved. You receive the Son and what He did for you. And we've all heard it before, the only sin that sends anybody to hell is rejection of Jesus Christ and what He's done for you and not receiving Him as your Savior. You receive the Son and what He did for you and receive that forgiveness and that salvation and then you get the Holy Ghost. The, the world doesn't get the Holy Spirit of God and that guidance and that wisdom and that counsel and that conviction, that conviction, that rebuke that helps us to stay right and live right. They don't get it because they haven't received the Son. They reject Jesus Christ. Because it, neither, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him. How many know the Lord? How many know the Lord? How many truly know His voice and know His word and know His ways? For He dwells with you and will be where? In you. He's not just dwelling with you like in the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit came on Elijah or the Holy Spirit came on King David. You don't think the Holy Ghost was on King David when he pulled that slingshot back at that big old Goliath? Come on now, that took the Spirit of God to nail him in the forehead. That wasn't just luck. That was anointing of the Holy Ghost that knocked that man down. It was the power of the Spirit of God on that man. Now the Holy Spirit doesn't just dwell with you. He abides and lives on the inside of you. Hallelujah. He lives in you. And the Bible says this. I didn't even write this down. This just, this just came to me. Because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you and me, we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. This body, your body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Don't continue in sin. Don't live in sin. Don't, don't go down paths that you shouldn't in darkness. The Holy Ghost lives in you. You should want to do what's right and live in the light and walk in truth. Amen. And walk uprightly before the Lord because your body now belongs to the Lord as a servant of His. Amen. A living sacrifice. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is here, isn't He? I just want to read something quickly here. The Holy Spirit is also here to comfort you to abide with you. He lives in your spirit. He's here to teach you the truth, to help you to know Him, God, literally. The Holy Spirit is here to help you to know God, His Word, His voice, His ways, literally, to know God. Because the Word says, you who are evil give good gifts to your own children or grandchildren. How much more will the Father in Heaven give to those that asked of the Holy Spirit in abundance? He will give to you and I the Holy Spirit in abundance. 
If you have the Holy Spirit in abundance and overflow that, from a gift from God, which it is a gift, do you need much more in your life? You and I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and you and I will live righteously and live a godly life and we will walk with joy, peace, gladness. We'll have hope rise up within us. We'll have faith on the inside of us because we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. What's the spirit of the world? The spirit of the world is fear. The Holy Spirit isn't a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love. And he gives you a sound mind because you have the mind of Christ because you're filled with the Spirit who's teaching you the Word, which the Word brings truth and light to you, and now your mind is filled with truth, not negativity, not unbelief, not doubt, not false doctrines, not doctrines of demons, but truth, because you're abiding in His Spirit, and you're abiding in that vine, and that fruit is coming in your life, and now you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and now you're full of the Holy Spirit, and now the fruit of the Spirit is manifested in your life. And here's one thing that is, is very peculiar about a Christian. We're filled with the Spirit of God, and we don't see in our own life the fruit of the Spirit as much as somebody else may see in us. We tend to say, I wish I was more patient. I wish I was a kind man. I wish I was more gentle. I wish I was more full of love. I wish I wasn't so hateful. And others at times will say, I wish I was as patient as him. I wish I had kindness in my heart like him. See, we don't see as much the fruit of the Spirit as others may see in us. Okay, that's fine. It keeps you humble, amen? But that's what we want. We want the fruit of the Spirit abiding in us because he, the Holy Spirit of God, will dwell in you and he shall be in you. The Holy Spirit will show you things to come. Let's go to, I think we have that scripture. John, no. That's okay, leave that right there. I just want you to know that John 16, 13 says this, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. How much more is that relevant today in 2019 than it was over 2,000 years ago? He will show you things to come in your life and in the word prophetically. That there is a rapture coming for the church that you and I will be taken away in the twinkling of an eye. And the Bible says that we should be prepared and ready for that return. That we need to know that there's something coming in this world and you and I are going to be swept away, but the wrath of God is about to be poured out on this world and on this earth. And you and I have been redeemed from God's wrath. Amen? But you and I need to know that there's some things coming and that we should be warned that we don't give in and be part of those that are caught up in apostasy and false doctrines and lies, and the spirit of deception. You and I need to stay in the truth and in the light of God's word and be filled with the Holy Spirit so we're not deceived. We're not in deception, but we know because the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm showing you things to come. Dwell on me. Seek me. Honor me. Follow me. Be filled with me. And then we can know that we're not in deception and deceit like most of the world is, including the church. I said, including the church. Amen. We don't want to be. And I can't help you in that area. You have to make an effort in your own spiritual walk with the Lord. You have a will. You've got to say, no, I am not going to live in darkness. I'm not going to live in deception. I'm going to follow the truth. And I'm going to know what the real true doctrines of God's words are. And I'm going to follow what's really true. And not what some man on TV is preaching. Or some woman is preaching. I'm saying that prophetically you got to know the word for yourself and get in this word and get on your face before the lord and ask the holy spirit to give you instruction counsel wisdom dis discernment what's the truth i don't want to live in deceit i want to walk in truth you as a believer have to be diligent with that you have got in these last days i'm telling you you have to be that way you have got to say no i am not going to be one of those that is in deceit and deception i'm going to walk in truth and the truth comes to this. You have to face who you really are today. And you have to say, Lord, if I need to make changes, I'm willing to make changes. I've got to make some changes in my life. Don't worry about sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. You worry about you. And you worry about you and you be concerned with yourself. And there's another chapter in that book by A.W. Tozer that really ministered to me. And I'm not going to go into detail, but it, the chapter of the book was called The Value of Self-Criticism. I'm like, what? 
the value of self-criticalness. You judge yourself, and then you won't be judged by God. You judge yourself. Be critical of yourself, not others, and then you will make changes so that you become pleasing to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And that will not come unless you're seeking the Lord and full of the Holy Spirit, because the truth will come to you by the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the anointing which abides in us. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. How many of you think you don't need the anointing? The anointing isn't this little bottle of oil over here. That's not the anointing. That's a symbolic symbol of the anointing. Remember he said that he would pour out his spirit. Remember what the Hebrew word is. It means to be coming up in like a spring, springing forth up his Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Washing, it's like a gushing effect. And the anointing is here for you and I, and he abides in us because it's the Holy Spirit that is anointed. And that anointing lives on the inside of you as a believer, and the anointing will break bondages. It will break strongholds. The anointing will set you free. Amen? Hallelujah. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. It doesn't mean you don't need any pastors or you just go on your own way because the scripture says in Proverbs, he who seeks his own and and isolates himself, seeks his own, he ends up in trouble. You got to have counsel here on earth. You got to have an umbrella of uh, responsibility around you and accountability. Not people telling you how to live, but you just need that accountability because we tend to kind of a little bit get off. I do. I get off. I get off too easily at times. We need accountability saying, ah, 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 get over. But there's very few Christians that can do it with grace. Most of them do it with criticalness and judgment. There's very few good, strong leadership that will do it with a gentle spirit, but a firm way because they love you. Amen? How many are glad we have that? Amen? Amen? concerning all things and is not a lie. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. He can't lie and he won't lie and God the Father can't lie and Jesus never lied. And last but not least, we have got to learn that there are times as believers 